Yo, these podcasts, this one and the next one, if you happen to listen to them in sequential order, are being recorded on the lovely island of Jersey, all made possible by my sponsors and supporters, who today are WH Management Group. They're an organisation I've had the utmost pleasure of knowing for the last six years, having worked for them on several occasions. WH are made up of three arms, WH Media, WH Manta Global and WH Security. WH Management Group's main brand is WH Security, delivering asset protection, close protection, residential security teams and security audits, private estate consultations and of course high profile event security. This is actually where the bulk of my own experience lies with WH, having first stepped into a role with them for the Royal Windsor Horse Show, which was an amazing experience. It was hard work, don't get me wrong, as they run a very tight ship, but it was amazing nonetheless. WH Management Group's other two arms, as mentioned already, are WH Media and WH Manta Global. WH Media is headed by Stephen Wilde, who is a professional commentator and broadcaster, and brings together seasoned professionals from the world of PR to provide a full press and media service. WH Manta Global is a project management consultancy and delivery company predominantly based around temporary event solutions. This wing also offers private fire and rescue coverage as well as medical cover. Across all three arms, WH pride themselves on being bespoke, which is how they deliver their services, tailored to each client and project, but they also have the rare ability to maintain a close-knit and family-like relationship between their employees and departments at the same time operating in a manner that demonstrates pure professionalism and attention to detail and attention to their clients' requirements. Their reputation has always preceded them during their steady and constant growth since 2006 and they're a company I always recommend applying to work for. In my eyes, they set the benchmark for event security. WH also predominantly recruits serving reservists, ex-forces and ex-blue light service men and women and this is evident both on the client-facing side and behind the scenes. The professionalism and detailed planning and execution extend to the very core of WH at all levels, from the grassroots staff to the chief exec. To find out more about WHMG, go to whmg.co.uk or find their Facebook page, WH Management Group. Also sponsoring us today are Westway Nissan, always offering uh, offers, funny enough, to service personnel and veterans. Up to 20% off new and used vehicles, whether you're serving or whether you're ex-forces. They have private and commercial models, and they have everything from the Nissan Note to the stunning GTR. Westway Nissan have got branches all over the UK. They've even got one in Aldershot, the home of the British Army. If you're thinking about getting a new or used car, you can save yourself a ton of cash at Westway, and a discount from ex-military up to 20%. Get online and have a look at westwaynissan.co.uk, or get your backside into one of their branches and see the cars for yourself. Not only that, if you're ex-military and looking for work, I'll remind you again, Westway are massive on recruiting you guys and girls into all sorts of roles within the company. If you're stuck for work or not sure what you want to do in Civvy Street, give Westway a call. They'll help you out. If they can't give you a job, they'll give you advice or vice versa. WestwayNissan.co.uk on uh, social media, Westway Nissan. Also sponsoring us today are... Rugby for Heroes, a not-for-profit organisation founded by a group of keen rugby players designed to host various fundraising events to raise money for a range of armed forces charities, including 353, Help the Heroes, the Royal British Legion and the Soldiers Charity. 
Since forming in 2009 to commemorate the loss in action of Private Joe Whitaker, a four-para lad, they have raised over £100,000 for their benefit charities. The founders and members of Old Lemontonians RFC and are massive supporters of our forces and their families. Check Rugby for Heroes out on their website, rugbyforheroes.org, or go to their Facebook, Twitter and Instagram feeds, at Rugby Number 4 Heroes. The next major event is next year at the Beer and Gin Festival at the Old Lemontonians RFC on the weekend of the 10th 11th of May. Get a pencil in your calendar now, don't miss out, and I will see you there. Rugby for Heroes are really proud to be sponsoring the HR podcast. They see it as a part of their continuing programme for support for veterans, serving members and their families. On to my guest today. Uh, his name is Richard Woodhouse. And he and his wife, Dawn Woodhouse, I have to be careful how I phrase this now, Dawn Woodhouse MBE founded or came up with the idea for uh, an organisation run out of Jersey Island where um, it, it basically provides free holidays for injured service personnel and ex-service personnel and their families, fully paid for. Uh, I met Richard a few years back and uh, I thought, uh, when I started the podcast, I thought, I've got to get got to get Richard on, um, or Dawn on. And uh, Richard is the, is, is the less shy and the def- definitely the talker. He's a, he's an amazing individual. The organisation is called Holidays for Heroes Jersey, and we had a cracking, cracking chat out in Jersey Island. H plus 32, Richard Woodhouse. Tell me this, Richard. Um, how did you how did you end up in Jersey? How did you come to move to Jersey? Where are you from originally? I was born in Suffolk, and um, I went to Stowmarket Grammar School. I'm afraid I was rather lazy. Came away with only three or four O levels, and joined Eastern Electricity Board, the old electricity companies before privatisation. Served an apprenticeship as an electrician. Yeah. Realised I'd got to study. Did a lot of night school, a lot of day school, and became an engineer. And uh, 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 electrical engineer. Yes, electrical engineer. Go for it. And um, was always keen to get promoted. When I saw an opportunity, I applied for it, and finished up as area senior engineer for Bedford, Cambridge, and well Huntington, the old county of Huntington. How old were you then? I, when I got the job, I was early 30s, and lots of reorganisation with Eastern Electricity Board, and I was interviewed for a very senior job, and was told I'd got it, and I was then told the Deputy Chairman of Eastern Electricity thought I was too young, and he'd got a lot of old lags he wanted to find jobs for, so I couldn't have it, so I was pretty teed off. And I'm, I'm sitting in one of my, I had three offices, Bedford, Cambridge and Peterborough. And I'm sitting in Peterborough and there's a job for commercial manager, Jersey Electricity Company. Well, Dawn and I had been here on our honeymoon in 1965. <laughs> and so we'd had one week here. So I applied for the job and got it. And that March 1979 came over to join Jersey Electricity. When did you meet Dawn? I was 1962 three. Goodness me. See. She always thinks we met at the Ipswich Jazz Club, but that's not true. 
we met at the Savoy Ballroom in Ipswich, which was the classic dance hall that you'd have in a in a. Does she accept that fact now or not? I think so. Yes. <laughs> I have a with 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 my girlfriend. We have a uh, a disagreement about where we, how we met. In my head, uh, so I met her in in a pub in um, Warwick where she was working, um, but. We both are partners at the time, since where I first met her, and uh, so we like get together. Um, but but in my head, uh, I went to the bar for a pint, and she recognised me off the TV, <laughs> off a documentary. But uh, apparently, that's not the case. <laughs> I, I, I must have met. I'm sure it's the case. I must have met. That's why I would like to think. Oh, I recognised the yes. TV. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. When did you get married? We got married on the 14th of August, 1965. So, so we, we are 53 years in 53, there, 53 years. Wow. Um, does, uh, does marriage get harder? <laughs> Do you have more arguments or less arguments than, than uh, well, as an average in up or down? I, I suppose more because Dawn is now so much stronger and more dynamic, and I think that's because of the charity right. um, than she used to be. She was always very um, agreeable to anything but yeah. now she has an opinion and she'll tell you is that because of the emotional investment in it in the charity emotional investment that's an interesting description she certainly used to be upset with the hero guests that we were meeting obviously injured what, what do you mean upset? upset because they were so badly injured oh, okay. Right, okay um i mean we're not military um, and this didn't come as a shock, but it certainly came as a fairly important point when we met our wonderful guests. To experience what they've been through and were going through and having to deal with in life, you mean? Yes. And of course, uh, PTSD, right now, um, we have 300 guests a year uh, with Holidays for Heroes jersey. And... Um, Obviously, they're not all personnel. Let's say 100, 120, plus 120 partners, plus children. But of those personnel, 70% now have PTSD as listed as their injuries. Of the people you've helped? Yes. 70%? Yeah. In the first early years, we would have blindness, deafness, amputees, and so on. I'm not saying they were 70%, but it was probably 50-50. But the pendulum has swung away from physical injury into mental injury. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I, we've discussed this before. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, not we, we ever discussed it. I've discussed it before, um, touched on it. And it's, it's uh, with the increase in, uh, with the, the the more knowledge of PTSD sufferers, whether it's whether it's that uh, uh, people who are getting PTSD are going, the numbers are going up, or the number of diagnoses is the same, and it actually actually historically has always been that that you know it's always been I don't know let's 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 hypothesise eighty percent or or 50, let's say fifty fifty percent of uh, people who experience wartime scenarios yes. will get PTSD, just as a, as a figure, and let's say that's always been 50%, and 
and it's still 50% now. It's just that we're, not, we're, we're more aware of it and, and, uh, and so there are more diagnoses of it. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make the issue any, any easier or better. It's just, a, just, just an interesting point to, to, it, to it think It may about. be, Hugh, because any of our incoming guests have to be nominated by a third party. We, ah. we don't know them, they don't know us. So if, if you look at our holiday request form, there's a little box saying who's nominated you and it says, please ensure these people have injuries in mind or body attributable to their service because that's the constitution of the charity and we have to follow that, have to be transparent. And combat stress nominate a lot of people. That may mean that's why we get 70% with PTSD. I see, I see, I see, yeah, I see, yeah, I see. We get nominations from SAFA, Blesma, Blind Veterans, the um, Veterans UK, used to be called Veterans Welfare Service, I think, who pay the pensions, pay the MOD pensions. They nominate. Um, Help for Heroes nominate, the PRUs and, and so on. Mm. But combat stress are particularly active. Yeah, they're... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, they're a good charity. The, how did uh, so explain? I we were talking before we start recording, um, and I was saying to you that, relatively speaking, holidays for heroes isn't isn't well known in the UK. Relatively speaking, um, and that's amongst serving personnel across all tri services uh, and civilians. Um, how did it come? Sorry, so so my so the way I learned about help holidays for heroes. How did I learn about it? I I came to the UK. How did I first hear about that? Well, I'm assuming we first met through the, first the film Kajaki. It was it was Kajaki, wasn't it? I've been here three times. Obviously, recording Jersey now. I came over that first time. Was it Kajaki? Yeah, I met Tim, and then I came at you guys. And as I was discussing on the last, with the last guest, His Excellency, one of the things that bowls me over the island, and I'm trying to understand it, is how heavy the support for the military is. It just does not, I, I don't, I can't understand it. It's, uh, it's, why is, is it so positive? In terms of, uh, you know, out of 100 people here, I would argue 99 of them, they are flat out support the military. When you've got a small Royal Engineer unit here, um, and uh, it's not, you know, it's... Uh, you we, we've said this many times. I mean, we're 10 years old this year, the charity, and we have raised and spent 1.75 million pounds, mm -hmm. of which 80% comes from Jersey, to more than two and a half thousand guests. And we say to ourselves, we don't think it would be as successful anywhere else in the UK as it is here I agree. because of the point you just made. We can only, our only thought is five years of Nazi occupation and many Allied soldiers died liberating Jersey. And they say a Jerseyman, and this is a compliment, a true Jerseyman has a memory like an elephant. He never forgets. And even though many of those people may have passed away, of that generation who were here during the occupation, their sons and their sons and daughters and so on 
will be told. And Liberation Day, May the 9th, that was the day in 1945 when the surrender took place. It's a bank holiday here and there's a huge service. What date is it, sir? May the 9th, 1945. Nine. The Allied, um, it, um, a, a destroyer came in and the Germans surrendered. And um, it's very big, and rightly so. Mm. Uh, it was five very, very tough years, mm. uh, to the point of starvation, of course. Uh. D-Day, June the 6th, 1944, within a month, nobody could get supplies here. The Germans couldn't get supplies, and the islanders couldn't, uh. because France was then in the hand of the Allies, and they were too busy, obviously, driving the German forces back, and the island was literally left on its own. How did they get by? Well, a, a bit of ingenuity, literally eating off the beach, things that you wouldn't normally eat, limpets and things like that, and growing what they could. And um, again, I mean this nicely, I believe cats and dogs were unsafe. Yeah. And, um, but they, they got through, and Christmas 44, uh, the Red Cross ship, the SS Vega, arrived with food parcels, um, about as big as a shoebox, perhaps a little bigger. They're all on display in the Jersey War Tunnels um, fabulous museum. And um, they were distributed by the German forces absolutely fairly. They didn't take them. There was one for each family. And I believe it contained food and tinned food, mostly from Canada and New Zealand. I don't understand why, but they talk That's about. Part as you can get. <laughs> they talk about the Red Cross ship. That yeah. was pretty important, and I um, and that got them through Christmas. Just brought them one box. Uh, I believe. I believe that yeah. I, I, I should know, but I think there was a second Red Cross ship, but it would still be only one box, with some coffee and some tinned food and and things like that, and they soldiered on then, and um, because remember all forms of communication were banned, no radios in Jersey, no one was allowed from within the first year of German occupation back in 1940, all radios had to be handed in and so they didn't know what was going on unless, and some did of course, built their own cat's whisker radio. Cat's whisker? Yes, that's, oh you're too young. <laughs> you Thank <can>, you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was brought up to know that you don't ask me why it's called a cat's whisker. We can both research it afterwards, but you can build your own little radio. And Should we Google it? Sadly, yes. Sadly, what? if people knew you'd got a radio and you and they tipped off the Germans to get, and it did happen, it's a very small number, um, they would then possibly be sent to internment camps in France. Not, not like the large ones in Poland and East Germany, but they were shipped off. Why, um, you may know, you may not know, why, why were the, uh, would it be that the Germans seemed then more lenient with the, the way they handled prisoners here on Jersey? Well, yes, other I th places, or maybe not. I don't know. Why, why now they that? they say that when they arrived in in 1940, um, they were told, and if you think back, how desperate the UK was in 1940. At, at times, even some politicians were talking, negotiating a surrender. 
before Winston Churchill oh, really? led the country. Oh yes, the um, foreign minister, Lord Halifax, was actively wanting to negotiate terms with Hitler. And so back to 1940, these troops were told, you behave because you could well be running London within a matter of months. And so they were here and apparently what they all wanted to do was have their photograph taken next to a British bobby. <laughs> and these photographs <laughs> were shipped back to Germany and became propaganda, propaganda. in mm. a big, big way. Did they take Guernsey as well then? Of course, all the, all the Channel Islands. All of them. And Alderney. Alderney because that's virtually in the English Channel. See, Hitler wanted the Channel Fortress. Um, and literally, you go to Norway, you've got gun emplacements and defences just like we've got here, all the way down the European coast, including us. So the Germans built these? The gun emplacements here in Jersey, the Germans built those? Yes, well, with slave labour, yes. Didn't know that. Why didn't we build them before the... Oh, no, no, well... <laughs> I mean, that's because you're expendable. Ger well, not you, Jersey is expendable. No, I mean, I don't think anyone thought France would fall in a matter of weeks, mm. and then they swept across France. Then there was no safe way to get out. Mm. So some people got out, but many stayed. Mm. And um, the Atlantic Wall. Hitler wanted an impregnable Atlantic Wall, and Alderney was completely evacuated. There was nobody left. Nobody lived through it only the German troops and the slave workers and a great many Russian slave workers died building the defences and there is a memorial to them. In Russian Alderney. slave workers? Sorry? Russian slave workers? Russian, yes, Russian. Why were, they, why were they Russian? Well, I've been trying to catch up on that recently. I mean, in the early days, uh, people were employed and paid to build them and they brought in French workers who were paid but then as they needed more and more um, people to build more quickly, they were then bringing in Spanish, Polish, Russian slave workers. Mm. How big is Orkney? Alderney is... Oh, Orkney. Alderney. Sorry. Yeah. I think the shipping forecast. Don't yeah, Alderney's tiny. Four miles by two, um, something like that. What's Jersey? Jersey is eight miles by five. Oh, is that? I thought it was four. Guernsey, um, what about Guernsey? Guernsey's about six, six by, it's two-thirds the size. And Sark is proper. So Sark is, is half a mile by a mile. Yes, it's, or something like that. Please don't quote me. And no cars. No cars in Sark. Just either. tractors, yes. Wealthy people have tractors. executive tractors with cabs and radios <laughs> in them. <laughs> Do they? Apparently. Why would you want a car in Orkney? Yeah. No, not Orkney, Sark. Orkney. Orkney. Ever since you mentioned Alderney, I've had the shipping forecast in my, in my head, where they mentioned all the islands. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, but I mean, many people were shipped, and I think some went to, huge numbers went to Glasgow from Alderney, and huge numbers went to somewhere in the Midlands, um, to a particular town. They were sort of dumped there. Mm. Um, and then you got... Alderney people coming back with Scottish accents because they'd spent five years as, <laughs> as young people. Um, was it you saying yesterday that, um, I think it was you saying yesterday when you very kindly picked me up from the airport, that uh, the accent here, the native, the native Jersey accent is apparently a bit like the Rhodesian accent. Yes, yes, and that's no good me trying to. <laughs> 
my only favourite phrase is, and forgive me, Jersey people, if you ever see, listen to this, it's, what you doing, eh? <laughs> You've come down here and taken our houses, eh? Etc, <laughs> etc. Et it's got but, that South African ring to it. But, uh, yes, and um, my favourite man, uh, an elderly guy who just cut my hedges, he's got all these fabulous machines with long extendable um, cutters, if you phone him up, he he's, he's a true blue jerseyman, because they say if your name begins with de or le here, and then you're obviously from the French. Ah, right, uh, okay. And um, his begins with de, and <laughs> his telephone message is just amazing, you can hardly understand it. <laughs> what, because the accent? Yes. You know, <laughs> it's all A. You wanted me A? I'm not in A. But if you leave a message A, I'll get back to you A. <laughs> I'll have to, you have to give me a number, will you? <laughs> yeah, I'll, t I'll, I'll tell him to switch his um, answering machine on. We can do it here this morning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely not. Um, I'll record it. I'll, I'll fire it out on, uh, on the website. How did, um, tell me this, how did uh, Holidays for Heroes come about then? Well, we, we live in the parish of St. Clement and we... There's eight parishes, right? Twelve. Oh, okay. Twelve parishes. And um, bottom right-hand corner of Jersey, roughly, if you know it, as a rectangle. And we attend our parish church, our Church of England church. And um, on Remembrance <laughs> Sunday, 2007, uh, our vicar, the Reverend David Shaw, who is quite young and sort of forward-looking, fitted into his sermon, here we are in November, there are fields full of hire cars that are waiting for next summer, there'll be hotels with many many empty beds, I wonder why a holiday island like us cannot provide holidays for injured personnel returning from Iraq and Afghanistan. So that was in the sermon, I remember hearing it, and Dawn obviously remembers hearing it, Come January, February time, she said, I can't get that out of my mind. Shall we take two injured guys in our spare bedrooms? Both of our sons had moved on, got married, and, um, and give them a holiday. And our boys who still lived in Jersey then can take them to the pub. And so we said, OK, let's do it. So you then start investigating, forming a charity, and I always remember getting a charity bank account, it's really quite tricky, um, especially when you're new and nobody knows you. Mm. So roll on, we're now into 2008, and we were out to lunch with a friend, a golfing friend of mine, and he had an, another couple there who we had met, um, and we were talking about how difficult it is to get a bank account. What do you want this bank account for, said this guy. So we explained, and he said, in your charity, does anybody get paid to run it? We said, no, 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 no. We, I mean, we, hadn't, even, we hadn't even formed it. But I said, they're all going to be volunteers. We most certainly are. And he gave Dawn a cheque for £5,000 over this Sunday lunch table and said, I was in the RAF, put them in a hotel, they deserve the best. Goodness me. So then we approached Government House. The then Lieutenant Governor was Sir Andrew Ridgway, Army Air Corps and said, would you be patron? Certainly. You can launch this from Government House in August, um, but I want real heroes here. I don't want 
you to launch an empty shell of a charity. I want real people. And what did he mean by that? Well, fair enough, you could just launch it and not have anybody. In other ah. words, we had to create our first holiday week, which was <coughs> week commencing the 28th of August 2008. Um, and he said, a great friend of mine is boss of the Not Forgotten Association in London, which is a famous, headed up by the Princess Royal now, mm -hmm. started in 1920 when everyone felt they were forgotten. So, and um, the boss of that, he's moved on since, but uh, Colonel Rojo, I'll call him, um, he kindly arranged lots of information for us. They had application forms which he sent to us and we were able to top and tail and personalise and turn into our. Because they do provide days out, they don't provide holidays, but so they had a similar sort of form. And um, he organised seven heroes to come over for our launch week. Mm -hmm. And so, again, <laughs> I mean, I have spoken in public a little bit in the past, but not Government House, The Main Lounge, BBC Television, ITV, Radio <laughs> Jersey, newspaper, and I can still feel myself shaking now for you. <laughs> But of course, His Excellency was fantastic and Lady Ridgeway, and um, then we were up and running. And that year we only had two more guests, so the first year we had nine guests. So the first week was how many? Seven? Seven. Yeah, seven. And I don't quite, the other two came in September. Don't quite know how that followed on. I mean, we'd made contact with what was then called the Veterans Welfare Service, um, and of course, Not Forgotten Association. <laughs> It's called Veterans UK now, um, as I always say, they're the people who pay out the MOD pensions and they should know who needs and deserves a holiday. And um, well, we, mm -hmm. the, one of the guys who came in that very first week, single amputee, remember him very well, said, in my opinion, you should concentrate on families. There's lots going on for individuals, individual personnel, injured personnel but not necessarily for the whole family. And, and as I said to you earlier, we try in the month of August to only take heroes within, with school-aged children up to the age of 16. This guy, Dave, said it's, he's aware of children needing counselling after Dad has come back, a changed man physically and mentally mm. and, the, and quality time together is so important mm. so we did and that triggered off the soldier magazine the british army magazine saying oh this is great can we feature you so in 2009 they gave us four page color spread in the soldier magazine which got i believe huge circulation yeah that was massive yeah, i remember and um yeah. it was really very good and we had two uh, families who were featured. One double amputee and one who'd lost an arm. Um, a, young, a very young man lost an arm, an RAF policeman. Someone lobbed a bomb over the wall in Afghanistan and he was just in the wrong place. The other guy, uh, um, Swifty, um, lost his legs in Northern Ireland. Mm. But um, and they were featured, and we went from nine in 2008 to 165 guests, to then 300, and we got up as far as 350 a year 
in three different places, a hotel particularly designed for very disabled people, a campsite because occasionally people want to camp, and the Merton Hotel, which is now what we do exclusively. Do they give, do they give you a discount? Absolutely. We right. went to David Seymour, the managing director of the Seymour Hotel Group, when we were only looking to book nine people, and David, bless him, gave us very good discount, which has improved, of course, as we've, we now put three, we had 308 guests there this year. But Dawn always wanted it. This really is my wife Dawn's idea, um, and that was recognised by the Queen honouring her with an MBE. That's right, I forgot about that. Dawn, um, yeah, and, Dawn um, an MBE. She wanted it to be personal, and we got, when we were up in the 350 guests, in three different places in Jersey, might only be nine miles by five, but a lot of driving around and we were struggling to keep it personal. So then we set eight holiday weeks, 40 a week, roughly, that's our limit. By keeping it personal, what, what, what do you mean? Well, we spend so time you guys with, engage with We them. spend time with them, yes. Each week has a programme. They all arrive on a Saturday. Um, on Sunday, we offer an island tour with a guide um, on the microphone, we call it a taste of Jersey. In a bus? In a bus. What it, what it really is though, it's the icebreaker for those third, 38 to 40 people to get to know each other because they don't normally know each other. Yeah. And we give them lunch at a fabulous real ale pub, the Moulin de Lec, which is halfway round. Take them to one of the German bunkers, which is now a, a real fabulous, it's been um, refurbished by the Channel Islands Occupation Society, a volunteer group, and they've reinstated it almost as it was. So, and, but that's the, it's the icebreaker, and particularly PTSD guys or girls, um, they're very nervous. I mean, we're told by their partners, because again, my wife's phrase is, we haven't just got one hero, we've got two. Mm. Behind the guy or the girl is a the wife or the partner mm -hmm. and um, we're told by the wives many times they had to give them Valium to get them on the airplane mm -hmm. because they may have had a nasty experience on an airplane. Well <coughs> you had um, since I met you in, in uh, that, that year 2014 or 2015 <coughs> the Kajaki premiere year was it? the Kajaki premiere in Jersey yeah that was yes um, since then you had uh, I went back raving about you. Oh, there's a hero's jersey. Why, you know, good man, guy. <laughs> As I tell you, know, because um, you can't not. Uh, I rave about the island in general, anyway. When I when I visit, I won't stop now for another week when I get back. Um, <laughs> but I went back, and then in over the next couple of years, you had. I know you've had at least two of my friends over. That's not down to me, but they they would have come to know it through help of heroes or. One of them is heavily involved with Lesnar. You know, you know the guys. I'm not going to mention them, but no, no. They, they they came over, and they read about it. Uh, not read about it. They they found it a, a really really good positive experience. Now what they those two guys I'm thinking of. One of them is just you know just like me or you um, in, in in life, and the other guy is quite um, uh, reserved. Uh, he. And he's always been like that. I remember before before oh, really? the incident uh, yeah. where where he got his injuries. He was like that before. We we we, we, we were close friends, um, and I know that it would have been a 
it surprised me actually when I heard that he'd come over and done a holiday for here for you because I struggled getting him to flip in London for a, a reunion kind of thing. You know, really? I struggled getting him out of his hometown. It's, it's a pain in the ass because I have to go to him every time to check in. <laughs> um, so when he came over, I thought, flip heck, that's really surprised me. And he came over with his family, I think. He did, yeah. he did yes. Um, and he had an amazing time. Now I'm, I'm thinking now of, uh, you, you've, I'm thinking now of, a, I had a guest on called Kate England. Um, and she, you were talking about there's two heroes to the, to the, to the there's, a, there's an, always an extra hero behind the person after you serve. Yes. Um, and Kate England came on the, over one of my guests, and she is the wife of a guy who suffers with a, a, acute PTSD. Um, <coughs> and she came on to just to, just to talk about just to talk about it, her experiences. An amazing, as you would expect, an like amazingly strong woman. The stuff that they and she. And the kids they go through on a daily basis is horrendous. Is is horrendous. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, yeah. But her husband, um, that nervousness, he suffers with horrendous anxiety. And when uh, uh, that icebreaker is super super important. But I mean, when 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 she when she came to the studio and she won't mind me talking this, he won't mind me talking this. I I, I spoke to him since. And when she came to the studio, he came with her. Um, he wasn't going to come on the show, but he came with her, and uh, because she didn't want to leave him on his own, and he didn't want to not be without her kind of thing. And when they turned up in the car, and and, and she phoned me on the way actually and said, uh, "Oh no, text me on the day and said, is that right for bring um, husband?" And I thought, "Oh God, it's going to be like that." Not because the thought of having her in the studio. And then recording with him sitting there as well, there's a whole different spin on it. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll be guarded in what she's saying. Maybe she won't be open. Yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, of course it's fine. I'm not I wasn't going to say no. You know. But they turned up in the car, and I went out to meet them, and um, he wouldn't get in the car. You know, I, I let in and I said, oh, how are you? Yeah, nice to meet you. Shook hands. He wouldn't get in the car. Bear in mind when I, when that recording happens, is in in total it's about a two hour process. He sat in the car for the whole time, he wouldn't come to the studio. And uh, she, she, the reason being, according to her, I don't know, he, he, may, he would know better, you know, um, was that he, he didn't feel comfortable coming to the studio where, because he didn't know me. And he was a sound engineer, and he didn't know the sound engineer. Yes. So this man, who's around about my age, you know, and he's a unit, he's a big guy, he's not, you know, he's, he's somebody you look at him and think, he's a formidable individual, wow. you know, wow. uh, physically, and he didn't feel comfortable coming to the studio, he sat in the car for two hours, he sat in the car, and it really, it, 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 um, it, it hurt me, uh, in not, I was offended by it, but that a, a man, or any person, could be in that state of mind to not feel comfortable doing that. I, I was, he, he gutted me. I, like, I didn't want him to be in that position. What no one should be. You know, it was, it was horrendous. Um, yeah, we've seen so many examples of this, as you say. Um, we tend, we obviously in the build-up from an application coming in January through to the first arrival at Easter, we have various correspondence and we phone them and three or four days before they arrive we always phone again and apart from anything else to say please please if you have prescription medication don't forget to bring enough because you come over from the UK health service into the Jersey health service and it can be a nightmare to get a prescription medication 
luckily our own doctor's practice um, has volunteered to, to, to see any of our guests <coughs> during normal working hours free of charge. In Jersey, um, if you were over on holiday, you went to a GP, it can be 50, 55 pounds, but they will see them for nothing. What, just to see them? Yes, to have consultation. That's the way, no, sorry, we pay as well in Jersey, yeah. 40 pounds, but it works well. It's so if you want to go to the doctor now, Richard, you have to pay 40 quid. Correct. And it might be a little more if, if it's a more complex consultation. But that's, that's just the way it works. The doctors are like, I mean, hospital's free, all of the hospital service is free. Right. We actually like it. Everyone's treated the same, um, unless you're on benefits because you're desperately, desperately poor, then that would be free. But everyone's the same, but it's fantastic. You, you get an appointment, I won't say when you want, but virtually when you want, it works well. I wouldn't change it. But back to our heroes, they need, obviously, to see a GP. To get a prescription to get a prescription drug yeah and but that's been set up um, and it's 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 rather like the Seymour group with the hotels um, after two or three years they fitted wet room ensuite bathrooms in three places within the Merton Hotel because they didn't have any so we had amputees who were struggling with a conventional ensuite bathroom and uh, David bless him have built three for us and of course they're like hen's teeth very popular I remember you telling me, I remember you telling me about this actually <coughs> they're so yeah. popular now and they're they're held for our weeks we call them our bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> they're not really but I mean back to these PTSD guys I mean we again the hotel a very big dining room many of our guys have to sit with their back to the wall they can't have someone coming up behind them unexpectedly the PTSD service mm. and so the way the hotel has laid out this giant dining room 300 bed hotel so there could be six or seven hundred guests in the dining room we have a special corner with a long wall <laughs> where our guests if they need to they don't all need to they can have their back to the wall <laughs> there's things that we've learned we're not medical and we didn't understand, but you very quickly do. Yeah. Um, like when we phoned two or three days, we've just, our last week this year was the week of Jersey's air display, second week in September, and I phoned this single guy coming from Scotland. We encourage them to bring a carer, a partner, a friend, and we'll pay, because particularly with PTSD, it is a quite a dramatic, traumatic trip. Now, he didn't want to. And uh, we said, well, on Sunday, we've got the island tour. I'm not sure I can face that on a coach closed in. He said, I don't think I'll come. But bless him. And this is where the camaraderie, and you're a military man, the camaraderie of the other 40 people is, is, is almost like combat stress. It's helping them. They talk to each other. They can relax and swap stories. And this guy came on the coach, and I remember shaking his hand at the end of the trip and saying, thank you very much. You know, it's been tough for you, I'm sure. And he, and he had a really good week, and he also came with us to watch the air display, which again, PTSD guys, not everyone's cup of tea. But before that, the Red Arrows treat our guests like royalty. Private visit to the airport, meet the pilots, 
learn about the, the planes, if they've got wives and children, sit them on the plane, take a photograph, happy memories, mm. which we believe is so important for PTSD guys to have happy memories. Um, Combat Stress told us this, we were invited to Audley Court, um, which I understand is going to be closed, I cannot believe it. Audley Court? That's in Shropshire. Uh, Combat Stress have Hollybush House in Scotland, Tirrit House in Surrey, Audley Court in Shropshire, and they had another place in Belfast, but I don't know that that was a standalone Combat Stress place. Anyway, we've got friends who live quite close to Shropshire, and so we went up to see them. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place, but I'm, I've seen only this week um, somebody standing outside saying how dreadful it is it's going to be closed. And I find that tough because the, the sufferers tell us they often have to wait many months to go on the treatment courses. It's all a bit sad. A lot of it's being dissipated out into the National Health Service. Um, and oh, then, yeah, it's come sorry, sorry to interrupt. Come, I'm trying to recall a conversation with Kate England about this, that lady I was just talking about. Um, are they not funded by the NHS? They're funded by the government. That's and, right. And I believe a lot of their funding has been withdrawn. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I have... I, my experience of them has not been direct. Um, but from the people I know I've dealt with them, it's not, it's not been the greatest experience. But that's, that's no, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way for combat stress. They, they are, they are, and, and, and they, they, for the resources they have, they do a good job. The problem is, um, I think, is, is a lot to do with funding and, and, and the way they can direct their funds, which is a problem for a lot of charities. Um, I, uh, when people when people are open to when people who struggle with issues um when they make that acknowledgement to themselves that like they they need to go and get help yes yes oftentimes the first option that they become aware of is the only option they ever see so for people waiting for you know, get the point combat stress, for example. It's not the only option, you know. Uh, there's flipping heck. There's loads of places. Yes. Help the heroes, walking with the wounded. Yes. Um, uh, Riding in Scotland. Um, there's one at Arbroath. Uh, yeah. Can't think what it's called, fact, but it's run fact, by a, a lovely, not run, part of the team is a lovely young man who came on holiday with us in our very early years. Mm. Um, but yes, and... Um, uh, rock to recovery. Rock to recovery. Yeah, yeah. They come out. They come out. I got one of them coming on the on the podcast. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we funded their first visit to Jersey, and they've made contact with the Jersey Joint Services Veterans Association. Obviously, people we know. One of whom is the landlord of the Dog and Sausage Pub. Helped to get this off the ground because Jersey just was not being swept up within the combat stress offers. PTSD sufferers living in Jersey just didn't seem to get picked up and um, the two guys who well come on Jamie and Jason I mean they're they're, they're everywhere on television and they would Jamie, want to Jamie, what's be, Jamie's name? Jamie Sanderson. Jamie Sanderson and Jason and Fox. Foxy. Yeah. 
and they we funded Jamie and his wife to come over on a holiday and then he explained what he did and we then brought him and half a dozen other guys over on a sort of male only trip and he's now coming and treating and many people in Jersey which is excellent but back to the point you're making of all of our heroes many of them praise combat stress highly and many of them criticize sort of half and half I'll you say. go with every charity but uh, we've never heard a bad word about rock to recover and we've had some very serious guys this year who were in a lot of trouble here uh, i'm afraid uh, hitting the bottle um, and there um, we've said to them do you know rock to recovery um, you know we'll put you in touch and and we've had some very very thankful replies saying they're helping us mm. I, the, sorry the, i want to i just want to i want to clarify something uh, um for people listening or watching and that's uh the reason i mentioned that the of, of i know of people having a bad experience of combat stress is not the highlight like that to not say that combat stress are bad they are a good organization is to highlight the point that if if you have a bad experience without the fault of someone else or yourself or you for whatever reason there are there are other options that's the only 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 reason yeah. you know um explain explain a rock to recovery explain what rock to recovery do in a nutshell one sentence they offer psychological help like combat stress but on a very personal level i believe they will actually go to the veterans home mm. And um, I know Jamie is an ex-Royal Marine, perhaps Jason is too, but I don't know that. And they've got a lot of experience and I know the Royal Marine Association have sponsored them in a big way. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it's, it's very, because it's personal and you're not going to Tirrit House, Hollybush House, Audley Court, I, th I think it's in their own home, which must be key. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, but I don't know, but I'm just, the point I talked about happy memories, when we were given the, the tour of Audley Court, the manager, I said, how do you help these people? Tell us, how do you do it? Because you have a two-week course and a six-week course. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, they have very, very black memories, and they will overcome them and swamp them. And we try and teach them to store away happy memories. And what you do in Jersey is give them lots of little happy memories. And we find that as useful. So we took that as a great honour. Mm -hmm. So back to sitting on the wing of a red arrow, being, see, Jersey people, you touched on it earlier, and you can't buy tickets for this. We give everyone a T-shirt, and it's quite dramatic, black with gold lettering. Um, and it's like a passport when they're here. And we've had guys come back, Holidays for Heroes. Yes. We've had guys come back to the hotel and said, somebody just stopped me in the street, shook my hand, and thanked me for everything I've done for Queen and Country. Because local people know if they're wearing one of our shirts, they're an injured hero. And the guy said, it's just fantastic. It's not like that at home, sadly. No, it's not. Um, and that's back to your comment about how pro-forces Islanders are. Mm. The Queen and service personnel, because of course we, Jersey is independent, so we have our own government, so we don't have a great deal of contact with the British government, but it all goes back to William the Conqueror. King William was supported by many Jersey troops, 
And a good Jerseyman will say, we conquered you in 1066. Because <laughs> they sent a whole troop of people from Jersey to join his forces, because he sailed from near Cherbourg, so it's not far away. And uh, they came over. And, from, and in 1204, by now King John had lost all of the French Empire except the Channel Isles, um, while Richard was away in the Holy Land. Um, people were given the choice, do you wish to pay allegiance to the British Crown or the French Crown? And all of the Channel Islands opted for the British Crown, and that's been honoured since 1204. Why is it all French named on the streets then? Well, French was the first language here until after the war, the Second World War. Why, uh... It's, you know, it was part... It, I won't mean it was part of France, it was part of the French Empire that Britain owned in the time, from the time of William the Conqueror. Because he went over and he had uh, allegiance from many parts of France. I, I've got another way. It's a bit, it's, it's off, it's off, it's off. The, I need notice of tricky it's questions. It's I'm an beam. old man. <laughs> you may not know the answer. It's fine to move on. I went to the shop earlier and there, there was something there that cost uh, £4.35. pence, But the price is in pence. 435 pence. It was no pound. It says 435 pence. That's. Do, do you remember? <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those quirky Jersey Island things. I, I, I literally woke up this morning and thought, oh God, I love this place. And then I, I went to the garage and then it said, um, what was it? It was scampi. It was breaded scampi. 435 pence. And then, uh, and then I got out my cash from my pocket and there was a pound note in there. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say to you, we still love our pound notes. <laughs> Green, um, not quite a green back in the dollar sense, but and many probably ten years ago, perhaps when the UK really maybe longer than that started pushing pound coins, mm. um, local politicians said, "Well, I think we should drop our pound notes and have just pound coins like Britain." There was absolute uproar. <laughs> Why? Now we've got both. Well, no, we, we don't have both now. We had both since you went to the many-sided pound, the new high-security pound coin, we've decided not to do it. They come in, I mean, if you took a Jersey pound to a bank in England, they'll give you a pound coin. Right, okay. It's is it the same as the old pound then in the UK? It, is, it, is the current Jersey pound no, the same as the no. old Yes, it is. Well, it's gone. Pound. They've all been withdrawn. Do you use our Royal Mint then, do you? Must do. Yeah. Oh, yes. I it's mean, in Wales, you know Producing, producing the notes. Well, you know this. The notes. They, I'm sure it's De La Rue is the big company, isn't it? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Well, yeah, that's Oh yeah, States of Jersey. Ste that's right. So another thing you like me yesterday. It's not called Jersey Island. It's the States of Jersey. Yeah, the government is the States of Jersey. I'm just looking to see if I've got any Guernsey. The government is the state. So when the government is the States of Jersey. So yeah. okay, right, got you. Okay. And so, so when you're a member of our parliament, you are called a state's member. And you have senators, deputies, and conitab, constables. Each parish has a constable. Twelve parishes. Twelve parishes. So there are twelve constables in, in the states, in the parliament. And they are elected officials, aren't they? They are elected by us in each parish. But the deputies are not. Deputy, no, deputies are elected within each parish. And in the bigger parishes, they have more than one. We have two in St. Clement. In St. Helier, there's five or possibly six. Senators 
have an island-wide mandate. What do you mean? Well, the, 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 all of the 12 parish parishioners, all of us can vote for senators, but you can't, I can't vote for a deputy in St. Brillard, where we are now, because I live in St. Clement. I can only vote. There were five people stood for two deputy vacancies, and we just recently had an election. What power have the senators got? Oh, they oh, no, they're no different. It is amazing. They're no different, no more powerful um, than deputies or constables. Very strange, that. So what power have they got then in general? What, what, in well, they're a member of parliament. They would then be um, minister of health, finance minister. We don't call them chancellor of the exchequer, finance minister, environment minister. They would have a ministerial role. All um, of them do. Each one has their own. Well, yeah, they don't all, of course, because... You know, it's a, quite a small island. We have uh, scrutiny panels of ministers who watch what's going on uh, with the ministries. Um, right. we, we were reorganised 10, 15 years ago. And um, because we don't have party politics, although there's a little bit this year uh, called the Jersey Democratic Party, which is a left-wing party, and there's, there's about four or five. See, we've got 53 members of parliament. Think about it, nine miles by five, mm. 120,000 people, mm -hmm. 53 MPs. Mm -hmm. you, you, I know you live in Warwick, you probably have one MP who's for your patch, mm -hmm. your county even, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so M MPs, states members are 10 a penny here, you meet them in the street all the time. But that, that they're all, independent and they get paid a relatively small salary about 40,000 I think it is. What, what is Jersey more right-leaning or left-leaning would you say? I would say Jersey is centre-right. Oh, no it doesn't surprise me. Okay. doesn't surprise me. Um, but you do this this the latest we've had an all-island general election on the same day for the first time ever. What, what do you mean? On this? What do you mean? Well all of the politicians yeah. stood down like in Great Britain and we had a general election to vote, not to vote for a party, to vote for the 52 or 53. We've, we've lost a senator recently, but don't worry to, to To vote for all of the state's members on one day. Oh, so everyone stands down before that election? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that. Ah. We had a new chief minister. We don't have a prime minister, we have a chief minister. Uh, senator Ian Gorst had been chief minister for the two previous blocks of four years and um, a new chief minister was voted in, um, John LaFondre, at that time. Ian Gorst is... A true Jersey Islander. Absolutely. LaFondre. Absolutely. LaFondre. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> Good man. And, um, uh, but Ian Gorst is the second most powerful man. John LaFondre very sensibly appointed him as yeah. head of external relations. In other words, dealing with Britain and dealing with Brexit, because although we're not ah. in the European Union, we'll have a lot of effects. Uh, well, do you think so? We went, we, we touched on this yesterday. I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't understand why. I, I'm not, I, explain well, it to me. I need notice of that question too. Well, <laughs> uh, so if you're, not, you're not part of the EU now, Jersey Island is, uh, the no, states of Jersey is not part of the EU. It's never been part because we could never accept free movement of people. You know, to come and live in Jersey, you have to be residentially qualified um, or to be employed and with your 
uh, accommodation provided by your employer. For 13 years? 13 years now, yes. What's the residential qualification? Well, to live and work here for 13 years. Oh, that's what it is. And then yeah. you get given a, 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 a category of entitled to buy or rent property. Right, see, you never came part of the EU because of the, the free movement of people, which is fair. Yeah, if you go back how long Britain's been in it, that would have been, was it 20 odd years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been impossible to accommodate. Yeah. So, um, so, how, so what's the worry with Brexit then? I need notice of that question. <laughs> well, my, my thinking on it is, and I, I don't delve deeply into it, and I deliberately don't delve deeply into trying to understand it. One, because I, um, I don't like politics. I don't, I, I don't like it as, a, as an existing thing. I don't know. Like You're out of time. No, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, I don't like delving into it because... Uh, I wish I could answer your question, but no, it's, I mean, it's, on the, in the newspaper... It recently it said if you take your animal to France, your dog or your cat or anything else, you need to pay £25 for some sort of a licence. Right. Um, now that at the moment you don't pay anything. Many Jersey people have little cottages in France because it's only an hour to St Marlow in a, on the ferry. Oh is it? Absolutely. Are we that close? Yeah, 40 oh, miles. Goodness me, I did not know that. From okay. where we're sitting now we look in. If you look, look due, south, aren't we? If you look due south, no, we're looking sort of southwest. Um, if you with with the telescope that's here, you'll be able to see the glow of the lights of St Marlow with that. No trouble. Ah, did not. How far away from the UK then? Hundred and twenty. So we're closer to France than the UK. Absolutely. Well, from the east coast of Jersey, it's fourteen miles to France. Goodness me, to the this is you a can see it. experience. You can see the beaches, you can see the wind farms. What, from the east coast? Yeah, from, from the Lady uh, St Catherine's Breakwater. Have you been out to St Catherine's? No, not that I recall. That's the most east, one of the most easterly points. Because That's right, because when, when you're on the ocean, the, the line of sight, the furthest you can see is 15 miles. The horizon is 15 miles away, isn't ah, it? Ah, right. The horizon is 15 miles, yeah. So when you're, yeah, when you're on the ocean, you look, the horizon is 15 miles away. Oh, that's interesting. So when you see the mast of a ship coming over the horizon, you, you've seen it break at 15 yeah, miles. Right. Well, they all say, and I have seen it, Alderney, I think, is 20 miles, and on a perfect day, in perfect conditions, you can just see a lump on the horizon, ah, and I go. have seen it once yeah, or twice. Only that in 40 years here, because the, the has to be absolutely crystal clear. How far away sunk? Um... Roughly. Well, Guernsey and Sark are. Uh, dear, oh dear, I need to notice that question. Roughly. What, a mile? Well, no, eight five. miles, seven or eight miles. His Excellency miles. yesterday was saying that um, to re someone was raising money for RBL and they swam to Sark. Yes. Mental. Well, of course, the, the Jersey has the third highest rise and fall of tide in the world, can be 44 feet difference between high tide and so low tide. 12 meters, 15 meters. And yes, yeah. and that means the island actually doubles in size at the lowest of the low tide because it goes out so far. But that <laughs> means that the, the tidal currents are dramatic here and to swim uh, to Sark must be tough. Yeah. You've got tides that are running at four and five knots 
Well, you couldn't swim against it. God, it's fast, isn't it? Those rapids, isn't it? And, and there's a famous, between Alderney and the Cherbourg Peninsula, it's called the Alderney Race, the tide absolutely barrels up, up and down through there. And um, it's quite, I don't mean dangerous, but sailors, yachtsmen, need to know what they're doing. I remember flying in, when we were flying in yesterday, and um, what, what, what I flown past, there was an island that I flew past. On we the way. probably flew over Guernsey. Ah, oh, okay, it was Guernsey, it was large. It wasn't Sark, it was Guernsey. You do often fly over Alderney. Alderney's got a massive breakwater. Well, it was, a, it was a beach, a really nice beach on the west side. We passed it on the west. On the west side? Mm. Yeah, well, that would have been Guernsey. Okay, so it was Guernsey. But I remember flying over, and then between Guernsey and here, there was, when you think you're in the middle of the ocean, we think you are, and there was, there was rock, rocky outcrops. I thought, flipping it, must be shallow down there. Like, proper shallow, you wouldn't think, you think it was there. Um, yeah. I don't think it's shallow. There are some big, I mean, the north coast of Jersey is volcanic. Roselle Bay, which is It looked the, like volcanic rock, to be honest. It um, did look like volcanic is, rock. Is, the rim of a very old volcano. Uh, and coming round towards St Catharines and Flickay, you've got pudding stone on the beach where lava came up into the sea and froze as pudding stone. Pudding stone? Well, that's the name of lava when it gets solidified by saltwater, seawater. When uh, these, the, you, know, you get active volcanoes are bubbling lava yeah. into the water right now, I'm sure, yeah. somewhere in the world. Yeah. And it's called, what's well, called pudding stone. It looks mm -hmm. a bit like a pudding. And you've got what, like rocks in it, and but you can see where it was lava and it's frozen, ah. solidified. So, let's, <laughs> I've got off the beaten path. Back to holidays for heroes. Yeah, I, was going to say, I know more so about holidays for heroes. <laughs> we did day, you talked about day one, did the iceberg. Yes. Um, yes. The, whole, the tour on the island. Yes. What? What? Tell me the rest of the program for the rest of the week. Okay, so that's Sunday, and uh, on Monday, it's a free day. So it always starts on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we used to do Saturdays and Wednesdays, but uh, you know the week start of the week was a Wednesday or a Saturday, made no difference really to the pricing. And there, from many parts of the UK, there aren't flights on a Wednesday. Okay. So we went back to Saturday. And so they're on Saturday. Yes, or come by ferry. They can choose. We'll pay for and we'll pay for their car if they want to bring a car. And on so on Tuesday, this this came about from wonderful local people, clamouring to support and help us. What can we do? Can we take a hero out if he doesn't have a car? So now on Tuesday and Thursday, a whole troop as one of our team organises volunteer drivers. So you come down. You're told. Would you like to go out on Tuesday? Um, Fred Bloggs will come in with his car. You tell him where you want to go. Do you want to go to a beach? Do you want to go to Jersey War Tunnels, which left over from the occupation? Very famous. Do you want to go to the, to the vineyard? Do you want to go to a castle? This man is at your service, or woman, for the rest of the day. And they absolutely can't believe it. So they've got free trips. But just a random person. Uh, well, not random. They've come to us and said, we want to do something. What can we do? And I can't remember how the idea of drivers... I mean, our driver man, who's a former Royal Marine, one of our committee, um, organises 40 drivers. They don't all come in because they can't always do it. But he, he'll say to the incoming hero guests, do you want a driver on Tuesday and Thursday? So Tuesdays and Thursdays, <coughs> they go out 
we have arranged free entry with all major tourist attractions or we pay if they come. I mean the Jersey Zoo which is very popular, the Gerald, the late Gerald Dole. I think I went there as a child, I think. Yeah. Uh, big in orangutans and gorillas and so on. Um, they're a charity too and, and they're tough so in our early days they gave us free entry and it's quite expensive. £12 or something to go in. So as we grew stronger and stronger, we said, would you like us to pay to lead old Gerald's widow? And she said, oh, yes, please, so that we do pay for that. But all of the others are free as a donation from the, the attraction. There's a Tamba Park, which is for children, fabulous thing, lots of things to do. Mm. And the owner of that, free entry to, to our members. We issue them with a, it's a compliment slip, and we, we, they're all printed off. You've got free entry into the following. And I think for the, uh, you would call it the National Trust, we call it the Societe Jersey, the Jersey Society. Um, it's half price uh, because they too are like a charity. But all these little gestures. Um, uh, Nigel Mansell lives here. Does he? Oh, has been for some time. And he, his son, one of his sons now is the agent for Mitsubishi and some other, you know, in other words, they've got a garage, but Nigel has created um, the, the Mansell experience where he's brought many of his cars and their fabulous display above the garage where they sell and service cars. Where's this? Um, well, it's on the inner Is it this side of the um, It's on the inner road. You know, I talked to you about the inner road. Um, yeah, well, I don't know whether it's a big F1 safe. fan, Richard, a big F1 fan. Oh, well. Well, you could go tomorrow morning without a shadow of a oh, I'm on the flight. Oh, God. Well, well, I could have done it's that. It's all right. No, sorry. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, again, they, they often give free entry. Sometimes they charge half price. They, they say they have to be careful because all the schools, everybody would want to get mm. in for nothing. And it's called the Mansell Collection. And it's fabulous. Nice. There's a lift. And if Nigel is there, bless him, He'll greet our heroes again, back to our shirt that's like a passport. He'll come out and greet them like a long-lost brother. He's very good. He must be, uh, what's his age now? He's what, 50, 60, I don't know. 60, 50, 60. Well, he's got it, he he's, be, yeah. he's a brilliant golfer, I can tell you. Oh, is he? Plays off about two. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, so that's Tuesday and Thursday. On Wednesday... You've we, got the Suffolk accent coming out there, I heard it. Uh, did you? Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, yeah, on Holdy? <laughs> That's a Norfolk accent. Um, uh, on, on Wednesday, we arrange a day of well-being treatment. The wives and the female wives and partners go to natural therapies and we lay on, well, they lay on, they bring in extra therapists and they'll give them massage and Reiki. And this all started with combat stress right. telling us Indian head massage is very good for PTSD sufferers. So Dawn knows the owner of Natural Therapies, um, famous lady Michelle, and she said, well, we can do that. And um, they do it for a token payment from us, that's all. So the ladies go in the morning and the men go in the afternoon and they have real heavy, and at this moment, guys, yeah, if you're listening, yeah, elbow in the middle of the back and releasing tense muscles. So they have, a, if, if they want, they always get a letter, look, 
this is what's on offer free. But it's your holiday. If you want to lie on the beach for a week, lay on the beach. Mm. And that's very popular, very popular. Wednesday evening, the bikers of Jersey, they are just fantastic supporters. They came up with the idea. I wonder if anyone would like a ride on the back of a Harley Kawasaki. So at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night, 40 bikes will come and park outside the Merton Hotel. Do go to the Holidays for Heroes Jersey Facebook page. There's photographs in profusion. I'll put a link on this. And the first people out there are the girls. They're there before the men, I tell you. <laughs> they can't wait what does that say? <laughs> to get on the back of a bike and get their arms around this big hairy biker. Um, many of the bike. there are many clubs in, in Jersey. There's obviously the, the Hogs, the Harley owners, and there's the Jersey Motor, Motorcycle Club. There's a British Legion. You're saying it's Hell's Angels as well, isn't it? Were I'm, you saying I'm that? I'm not sure there's Black The governor said it. It's Hell's Angels here. Well, you know? I'm not sure, but, but they all get together. Um, there's the the blue, um, the blue there, policemen, prison officers, customs officers. That's another motorcycle club. But they all join forces and come in on a Wednesday evening to give them a ride. And it's the most popular event of the week. <laughs> Um, and but once a year, I mean, you'll be aware of the ride to the wall, the ride yeah. to the arboretum, not to be outdone. The Jersey bikers go from the east coast, St Catherine's Breakwater, water, through to the west coast, St Wands Bay. On the, this coming year, it's Sunday Bay the twenty-sixth. A thousand eleven hundred bikers all pay at least five pounds to do it, and they generate in excess of £10,000 for us every year on that day. Amazing. And people line the route. I mean, it is. it can take 20 minutes to go past, so we're always conscious we might inconvenience people, but with support of the honorary police force in each parish that they pass through and the States of Jersey police, it takes place and people line the route and we try and place buckets, collectors, because they want to donate money. It's fantastic. Amazing. So that's, now we're through to Thursday. That's Thursday, yeah. And then Friday's a free day. Well, Thursday they go out wherever they want to go. If it's Battle of Flowers, which is always on a Thursday, or Air Display, which is always on a Thursday, we get them tickets. Um, again, the Battle of Flowers Association, which is run by volunteers, they will give us tickets for the heroes and we buy tickets for the families and they sit in pole position right on the right at road level because they don't like to be in tiered seating like in a football ground because they build tiered seating if, if because it might be too much for mm. a ptsd guy they sit perfectly on the footpath seats and they can literally step over a low wall into a park the lower park mm. um, where the flower display is that i showed you a photograph of where the lovely parish of St. Oh, yeah, yeah. did a floral display yeah. to celebrate our 10 years. And so they, they sit there. This year, we did put an open-top bus in the battle parade, and everybody joined us, even the one guy, the single man I spoke of, that was his week, even he, who didn't think he'd be brave enough to go on a coach tour, came down and joined the coach to join the battle. Hmm. And by Thursday, we... We regularly see guys' lines will lose, they're relaxing 
and they are honestly, and I'm, I'm not trying to be bragging here, they're a different person by Friday. Oh, yeah. And their wives will say, we've just spent a week with the man we married and we haven't seen him for years and years. Mm. Because he relaxed in the company of other personnel. That's the con that's the point. The veterans help each other. There's there's there's, there's two things. Yeah, it's, am it's amazing, it's amazing. I, I, I've uh, I've I've heard from you before and I've read about uh, th similar things where the partner, male or female, as as have, have been overwhelmed by the the change in their you know, they're, they're, they're serving personnel or veteran partner with it. The positive change. There's a lot to be said for... Um, a lot to be said for the impact that simple, simple things, experiences that we forget these days to, to go and do. Like... Out, outdoors. The outdoors. The outdoors is a massive one. Um, just being in the outdoors. James, for example, Kate England's husband. He feels most comfortable when he's outdoors, when he's out in the, you know, that's it, there's nothing around. There's a that could be for a multitude of reasons, you know. Um, there's, a, there's an organisation, a previous guest actually, a guy called Nick Goldsmith, Nick, his next book, Nick, and he's, he, he set up an organisation called, um, Hidden, a company called Hidden Valley Bushcraft, outdoors doing fieldcraft stuff. Um, a part of that, funny that you mentioned Mock to Recovery, he 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 does it for civilians come down, companies can come down and do you know do a couple of days team building and all that. But he also does for veterans because he it helps him. He's a PTSD sufferer. It helps him being outdoors. That's where he feels most comfortable, and he recognises that it can help other people. So he brings them in. He brings veterans on, and he's now partnered with Rock to Recovery. It's funny you mentioned right. them, and Rock to Recovery now. I think this is public knowledge. If it's not, sorry, Nick. <laughs> if it's already happened, but Rock to Recovery will go to events, I don't know if it's all of the most selected ones, and they will be there as that psychological um, expert, therapy, yeah. therapist, counsellor, somebody you can go and shoot, you know, go and talk to there, if you want to. So, as I understand it, you go on to Hidden Valley Bushcraft, you there, you can do whatever you feel craft stuff that Nick is teaching, and um, veterans get together, yeah. connecting. Enjoying that feeling again, yeah. and and having and, and maybe for people who aren't that open to going and getting and, and feeling comfortable counselling, bollocks, bad language, therapy, it's for the for the week, you know that that attitude. I'm not saying that's the case, but that attitude, which a lot of people have, yeah. you know, um, which is the wrong attitude to have, um, but I understand how it comes about. Um, but that therapy is there, that option's there, and you mix it with other people who have maybe been down that road, you know. Uh, We've been to Help for Heroes Tedworth House. We invited to be a Where's tour that? there. It's in Tidworth, okay. in, in the old army country. It was a huge army place. There were a huge army house where they bought a lot of country houses after the war. And um, it got vacated and to let go to rack and ruin. And Help for Heroes pay a pound a year. And they've spent nine million pounds on creating the most amazing facility with swimming pools and fitness and within the gardens there's a, a forest within the grounds and they do that outdoor bit there they take them out and yeah. they can do a bit of wood chopping <laughs> but mm. but the interesting thing is the converse of that here is we get wives telling us 
their men don't go out at all. They stay shut in and the fact that he's spent a week out here, they go home so much more positive. We just hope it lasts. Yeah, uh, it, it's, use the phrase icebreaker, it's, it's breaking down that barrier. Of, you don't want to experience, they don't want to experience people. They don't want to experience people. No, no. That's what it is. They don't want to experience people who don't, um, I'd suggest that's what it is, from my experience. They don't want to, um, they don't want to be involved in the conversation, they'll be asked questions that may make them feel uncomfortable. Well, that's it's, the thing. We, we never ask, we obviously know, it's declared on the form, their injury that's mm. attributable to their service. We know that. We never ask any questions at all. If they want to tell us, it's up to them. We find they spend a day with this driver who looks after them all day. They'll tell him or her things they've not told us. Well, that's fine. If they're comfortable with them, that's fine, isn't it? And then on a Friday, to finish, they have a free day on a Friday. We always go and dine with them on a Friday, last night, and we try and take a group photograph of everybody within the Merton Hotel. There's this beautiful staircase where I can climb to the top of it and get a shot um, to send it to all of them so they have another happy memory. And what we do there is we invite sometimes our drivers, sometimes the bikers. When we have Hasler Royal Marines over, bless them, now, now called Hasler Naval Services Recovery Centre, they will often leave a lot of free dinners in a kitty in the hotel. So we use those dinners to bring in guests every Friday. So you might have spent all day on Tuesday with a driver and he'll come in and spend the evening with you as a final goodbye, which they love, absolutely love it. And uh, they want to bring their wives, these drivers, and they'll pay for their wives to, to join them on, on the last night dinner. Mm. And we buy all the drinks. I mean, the talked about finance earlier 308 guests this year will cost I think it's 228,000 pounds now some years ago um, we were approached by a famous local lady who started hospice fundraising Jersey hospice is fantastic here very big um, I think it needs millions a year to keep going five or six million but it's huge here and she worked for them for many, many years and then retired and then couldn't retire. And she came to us and said, can I help you with fundraising? We said, oh, yes, please. Now, we do have a committee. We have an honorary treasurer, honorary secretary and six other volunteers like the bootneck, you say, who runs our drivers and so on. And so Jane uh, said she hadn't been with us five minutes doing car boots. You need a shop. So I said, yeah, and she went out and found this old tourism building called Chateau Plaisir, House of Pleasure, um, that was doing <laughs> woolens, yeah, not that sort of house of pleasure, <laughs> doing woolens and jewellery and things, and, and, and it was a club, like a dance and nightclub, and that shut down, and the building was empty, it was bought by developers who were battling with the planning department right. to build houses on it. And she approached them and they gave it to us for two years while they battled to get planning permission. Mm. And Jane gener generated 120,000 a year for two years. 
Goodness me. Yeah, almost how, almost a quarter million pounds. How, how did you manage that? Well, because the shop, everyone, just the stuff we were being donated. Um, Lady McColl, the previous governor's wife, General McColl's wife, said it was fantastic. She'd have official guests at Government House and she'd take them to our charity shop. <laughs> it was massive. It was a huge place. And so we invested that very conservatively with a local finance house with a, a, a portfolio and that generates and we've never touched it that generates between five and eight percent per annum thanks to a local company called Canaccord. i'll give them a plug because they deserve it uh, and they charge Canaccord. Canaccord, yes it's it's a big finance company mm. and um they're just fantastic so we try and keep at least a year in advance because already we're being bombarded with inquiries for next year. Mm. And uh, in our second year, we, remember we went from nine to 165, we were booking the hotel for say the following September and we didn't have the money to pay for it. Uh, we gambled that the money would come in yeah. and it came pouring in, pouring yeah. in. And then the, the shop, we only had it for two years. Pity planning department wasn't more difficult and kept them arguing for another year. But that was a fabulous bonus for us. But now we have, we work with um, ex-forces families with PTSD. This is a chap called Martin. And I'll mention... Well, that's Martin. an organisation, that's an organisation. He, he started his own fundraising organisation. Okay. Iraq One, PTSD himself, still works but created this fundraising organisation, tried to give it to another major military charity as long as they promised to give the family a holiday, and they wouldn't, and they said, why don't you phone Richard and Dawn at Holidays for Heroes Jersey? And so over the phone, he now donates 5,000 a year as long as we spend it on families, mm. PTSD suffering, holidays which of course we can do easily mm. as I told you 70% mm. we have a similar relationship with the Rotary Club of Colchester and guess who's in Colchester the parachute mm. regiment they came to us through a local um, para general uh, Bill Cornock Lieutenant General Bill Cornock yeah, yeah. um, he's a good age uh, even older than I am I think sorry Bill <laughs> and um, he knew the president of the Rotary Club of Colchester. They now raise up to 10,000 a year as long as we use that money on injured paras having holidays, which is easy to do because there's yeah. plenty of them. And they nominate these very paras. And the two guys you spoke of earlier, who we won't name, both came funded by the Rotary, Rotary Club, Club of I Colchester. Didn't know that. I didn't and I one of the things they ask them to do is to be a guest at a Rotary dinner and speak if they feel like speaking. Oh, those guys? Oh, the people who come okay. Yeah, the ones who've had a holiday yeah. go and speak about the experience they've had. We went back and did a presentation to them, PowerPoint presentation, with a couple, with a, a para who'd been on holiday with us and his, his wife, I think, was a policewoman. Um, and they were there that night and they spoke as well. And I'll tell you what, the whole place was crying about how stressed they were and how they were looking to part and it all came back together during their week in Jersey and 
and honestly, I mean, <laughs> the Rotarians' wives were crying, and I was close, I'll tell you, mm. most emotional. So those two guys, are, every year we know we've got at least 10,000 from one, 5,000 from another mm. coming in, but the bulk of the money is local. The finance industry here is massive, and consequently they have a lot of big money, but we get bequests, we get these, they have charitable trusts that have to give the profits away if there are no living beneficiaries, and that's big time, big time. Oh, I, had, I mean, to generate 228,000 each year takes a bit of doing. We do all the usual things, collecting tins in pubs, the odd car boot sale, fundraising events. The, the uh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that, but, but I was, um, that fundraising thing, the money, it, it, I, I don't go back to it as, as, we, as, we, as we come to close here. Yeah. One of the things um, I think you mentioned to me, and I, we dis I discussed it with um, uh, Sir uh, Stephen, was the relative generosity of the Islanders. The, the, there's 107,000 give or take Islanders. Just for the RBL, the poppy appeal, they generate between 100 and 200,000 pounds per year. Yeah. Yes, every every elder has a poppy on. Yesterday, when I was in when I was in um, St Helier, uh, there's people that are selling poppies. But they're not just selling poppies. There was guys dressed up. There was a guy dressed up as a as a Second World War parrot. He had the old jeep there. I think flipping it, they go like <laughs> crazy doing this. You know, it's um. I'm I'm so glad if I could interrupt. You mentioned that because. The Jersey Classic Military Vehicle Club, big supporters of ours, they now join the bikers uh, on a Wednesday with Willie's Jeeps and personnel carriers because you might get wives and little children who can't go on a bike. Yeah. And I mean, we've had double amps on the back of a bike where they're lifted on by the bikers and lifted because they take them to a pub, buy them a pint, spend an hour or so with them and bring them back. And now the military vehicles, there's usually only four or five, but that's a godsend because children who would be left with mum back in the hotel can now go and be all part of this yeah. quality time as a family. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I mean, I'm also I'm so pleased you mentioned uh, His Excellency Sir Stephen Dalton, our current uh, Lieutenant Governor. We've had huge support. He's our third governor in our 10-year life. And the support we get from Government House is just fantastic. What a nice guy, by the way. What a nice yeah. guy. Nice We've guy. Sir Andrew Ridgway, Sir John McColl, and now Sir Stephen Dalton. And, and the wives, Lady Dalton is fantastic. They will come each year, the governors, and spend uh, an hour or so with our guests, have a drink before dinner. They, won't, they don't join them for dinner in the hotel, but we lay on a private room in the hotel, and they'll come down and have a drink with them and circulate and make them feel important and that's back to going home with happy memories mm. positive thoughts yeah it's uh it's fast becoming my most favorite place on the planet Jersey Island. how do people get hold how do people find out more about holidays for heroes richard well uh, we have a website yeah. called if you just type in holidays for heroes jersey you'll find it it's got a posh address, www.hallsforhjersey.org.je. Don't bother. Type in Holidays for Heroes Jersey. We have a Facebook page under the same uh, heading. That won't tell you about the holidays, 
but you'll see some of the wonderful warm responses we get from guys when they get home yeah. um, and um, we get wives saying what I said earlier we just had a fabulous week and and I've got a new man and mm. isn't that wonderful Amazing. it's our job satisfaction now we as I said we're not military we've learned an awful lot about um, physical and mental injury simply by being with these people because we'd we personally take them to the well-being days, we personally go on the coach tour, we dine with them, we then let the local people, because I want to thank Islanders for spontaneous welcome to people they don't know, but it's down to our quite outstanding t-shirt. T-shirts are supplied free of charge, local organisation called Magic Touch, and they give a t-shirt for every free hero, and we buy t-shirt well polo shirts we now give because they do like them with collars they can wear them in places that mm. won't accept a t-shirt um, we do t-shirts for the children but the husband and wife or wife and husband partner get polo shirts but the heroes get given one and we buy the others because it is we've had examples of I don't know, you may want to end, but I just want, there's so many people... You carry on, you carry on, I'm conscious of your time, that's all. We, I mean, we had a family came in, um, just the little boy had got a t-shirt on on that day, and they went into Pizza Hut in town, the manager came over and said, are you with Holidays for Heroes? And they said, yes. He said, lunch is on me. Oh my goodness, man. And they come back to the hotel, we had a family went out to Elizabeth Castle, where Sir Walter Raleigh lived when he was Lieutenant Governor of Jersey. Governor, yeah, I saw his name on the board yesterday. <laughs> and um, they went out and ordered tea. And the tea came with one of those great big multi-decked things of cakes. And they said, we didn't order any cakes. And they said, you've got a Holiday for Heroes Jersey t-shirt on. Cakes are on us. And, the, I mean, people come back quite emotional. Yeah. Um, um, we had someone went into a, and I've never heard, this is a new organisation, Kath Kidston. They do um, uh, pyjamas and, and fancy things and this little girl wanted a, a set of special pyjamas. Gift. Kath, Kath Kidston. We're allowed to give something every week and this is what we're giving this week. And, and I, I hesitate to mention Paris, Paris and Royal Marines. Why do you hesitate? <laughs> no, we've we've had strapping big Paris come back quite emotional mm. um, because of the spontaneity. So Islanders, thank you. Um, in August we had an all Gurkha week, thirteen Gurkha families. I remember you mentioned it. Forty you it, people yeah. in total, and of course a go apart from our shirt or our cap or whatever, um, Gurkhas have stand out anyway and and they had one of their team was taking a lot of photographs and there's people in our shopping precinct stopping them and i mean i've only got the photograph of big smiles and hands being shaken and the and the the main sponsor we've had for the whole of the 10 years is the liberation brewery our local brewery and we we create a welcome bag for everyone and in it is a bottle of Liberation Ale, a box of Heroes chocolates, the t-shirts, um, a, a CD from the Kings of London Symphony Orchestra, which is led by Gerard Lefevre, a local man. We've at home, we've got boxes and boxes of CDs. They all get a CD, 
Dawn buys the ladies all a Vogue magazine or something that I don't understand. So we try and give them something special. They go into their bedroom, it's been put in by the hotel staff, wallop, welcome. Um, now the brewery launched um, Heroes Ale the week of the Gurkhas, almost oh. exactly the 10th anniversary, August the 28th. They, they launched it a couple of days before and from a particular pub, we, we had all the Gurkhas there, bless them, and again, massive interest from television, radio and so on. Um, and it's rather nice to promote Liberation Brewery. The Liberation Group has been so, so generous to us. But it's all about Jersey and this res respect. See, we think we've in invented a new R&R. You'll know rest and recuperation. We've invented recognition and respect. And that's thanks to Jersey people and what little we do as a charity. It, it, it's amazing. I, 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 you know, I, I can't... Um I don't know, express it more. It's amazing what you do. And again, going back to Jersey, it for those who haven't experienced that uh, recognition and respect that Jersey gives the armed forces, it does knock you to six, which is why I, I, I harp on about it. It's the first thing I say. It's that you wouldn't believe the support. You wouldn't believe the support over there. It's just, it, it's uh, for armed forces. If talk to the guys back home and girls, it's just flipping amazing. Um, we see, we, we, and it's, it's, and I suppose, again, we come back to my wife Dawn's image of something very personal. If we had the money, we could fly in a thousand people, put them in a hotel, like a poppy break, which I believe the Legion does in Great Britain. You make your own way to the hotel and you have a holiday in a hotel, but you don't see anybody, you don't mingle. Here in Jersey, because it's so intimate, relatively small place, um, it's personal. Now, which is why we physically, I mean, physically and financially, can only cope with eight weeks at 40 a week because otherwise it would become impersonal yeah. and we think it would lose something. Lose the quality, lose the impact, yeah. You know, we couldn't expect the governor and his wife to try and see a thousand people where we, we might expect them to see two or three. They don't do all of our eight weeks. Yeah. They, we, we send them our dates and they will come back and say we'd like to have a drink on this night, this night, uh, and so on. And we then we build that week around them. Yeah, that's uh, that actually that speaks volumes for the, for the intention of the I event. think it was Sir Andrew Ridgway, our first Lieutenant Governor, as it were, who said, I'd like to know who's coming. He was Lieutenant General of the Army Air Corps. And so we, we have a system we have a, a computer program written locally by TCB Consulting who quoted us a thousand pounds and then gave it to us. And this, we, we feed in your name and address, we press a button, it'll book the hotel room. We press a button, it'll send the information of your travel details to the coach company because we do all airport and port transfers if you don't have a car. Yeah. We press a button and it sends just the name and the regiment or ship or squadron, whatever, and when they serve to Government House. Because Sir Andrew, or maybe Sir John McColl, wanted to know in case they served in the same place with the same people, uh, particularly want so they could be more personal. Yeah. Uh, and you now occasionally we get 
we had the president of Blind Veterans on holiday and Sir John McCall served with him. And so Sir John said, I want you to bring up Ray and his wife for personal drinks because I served with him before he lost his sight in Northern Ireland. Ah. Just to make it personal. Boom, boom. That's what counts, mate. That's what counts. So, uh, like, yeah, holidays for heroes, so shall we have to get around now. Um, thank you for what you do. I mean that generally. Yeah, generally. Um, I'm, very, I'm very privileged to know you. And um, I've come to know about the organisation. And uh, you've helped friends of mine, which... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it, we often say, and I, I know I teased you yesterday, we love to say to heroes, or I do, you've wrecked my golf handicap but it doesn't matter. We get so much out of it, such job satisfaction, it's un and it's become our life for mm -hmm. 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, we've got to make sure we lay down the foundations. I'm 75 years old and proud to say it and still vertical. Um, we've got to lay down the foundations, not next year, but maybe the year after for somebody else to take it yeah. on. Because it, the demand has not diminished. We don't offer second holidays because we are swamped mm -hmm. every year. Within January and February, we'll easily have 300 people booked in. Yeah. yeah. And um, we run it from home. You've been to HQ, our dining room table. That's the same as you And um, and as I said yesterday, Dawn is so unreasonable, she wants her dining room table back for Christmas. So we, we currently occupy two spare bedrooms. We have a second office upstairs in our house and the dining room. And I migrate upstairs uh, for, for the three or four months running up to Christmas. Uh, that's it. Thanks, Hugh. Absolute pleasure. I'm shaking your hand. <laughs> oh, you perhaps can see. That is, uh, is it. Switch that off. We are, we are, uh, thank you, Chip. Done. Done. And you cheekily said, I've always got plenty to say. I'm like my mother. <laughs>